0: Welcome to Tip of the Tongue, a podcast about the intersection of museums and cuisine on the Nitty Grits Network of the National Food and Beverage Foundation. I'm Liz Williams. I'm in Nashville today with Cherry Medole, and she and Susan Madorski are the owners of Tangerine Food Company and the Tangerine at the Des Moines Arts Center. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So I think it's really exciting that you actually run a food um, operation at a museum because that's really what I'm very interested in.
1: And I know the Arts Center isn't exactly just a museum, but it it counts. Um, It does count, and it it is. um, uh, the Des Moines Arts Center is a lovely facility, and it has uh, representations of a lot of major artists. There are obstacles involved in operating a food uh, and beverage program inside a museum. Um, Museums, uh, by virtue of what they house, require a lot of insurance and guidelines to protect the art. For example, in our cafe, which is fairly small, um, we can seat 54 in the cafe. um, And then during the summer months, we have a lovely courtyard with patio seating. We are not allowed to fry. Um, the stove is in the very back corner of the kitchen. Um, is it an electric stove or a gas stove? It is gas, and we do have a hood. Um, mm-hmm. It is a fully functioning kitchen. Mm-hmm. We have our ice maker and our, you know, a commercial dishwasher uh, and a hood. Um, but I know a lot of museums are worried about open flames. Yes, uh, they are. The cafe has its own separate doors. For example, it can be shut off from the rest of the facility. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're, of course, our hours of operation are dictated by the hours that the museum is open. And um, insurance, you know, security costs a lot of money. Whenever we are there, we have to have a security team in place. so we are open from 11 to 2 the museum opens at 11 um, and we open at the same time we're only open for lunch five days a week the museum is closed on monday and so we can't open on monday and the museum closes at four so we sometimes stay open a little later The museum is open on Thursday nights and we've been trying to cultivate um, additional business for Thursday nights by having a happy hour, uh, by hosting dinners. We've worked with the museum uh, because they have lecture series and special events that are held on Thursday nights and we wanted to be open to uh, cater to those uh, customers who would be coming in and what we did find was that the people who sign up for these additional lectures or movies, if we guarantee them reserved seating, if they come into the restaurant, it's been successful for us. Oh,
0: that's nice. Uh That's really good. So, what kind of
1: um, art is there? What does the museum have? Um, Right now, the exhibit is called Monument Valley. And it's an exhibit of Native American art. Um, We have a a print gallery. Uh, You know, we have Hopper, we have Picasso, we have Degas. We have something from everybody there. Um, The building itself, uh, one portion of the building was um, designed by uh, Meyer and the other by I.M. Pei. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, right outside is a big Henry Moore sculpture. So it's well-curated. The museum is well-curated.
0: And so do you at all try to reflect what's going on in the museum
1: in the food that you're offering? We, We try to reflect the food that is most like what tangerine likes to cook. Um, before we took over the cafe, um, well, we have already an established business as a catering company. The Tangerine Food Company is kind of a boutique catering company in Des Moines. And our commercial kitchen is housed in a building called Mainframe Studios. Mm-hmm. The mainframe Studios was an old telephone company building that housed their mainframe computers. And it sat empty for a number of years, a CenturyLink Moved to a much bigger building, and a local family purchased the building. Um, and just honestly, almost as a gift to the community, turned it into a nonprofit. And the purpose of the nonprofit is to provide affordable studio space to artists of all disciplines and they have been incredibly fortunate to attract some major artists from around the country to come into the building and it's a nonprofit. it's not quite finished yet but uh, several floors are finished we hold the liquor license for the building and we operate uh, and manage the venue so if you were getting married or you wanted to have a party you could come into the building and we would cater that and provide the food and beverage service for you um, we have a glass blower in the basement. We have woodworkers, um, metal fabricators. We have this amazing couple that, uh, geologists, and they take rocks and make uh, lamps and you know sinks or basins out of them. And now um, Kim, that's it. Kim is the person who owns it with her husband. She is making wallpaper scarves and fabric with the pattern like microscopic patterns of the rocks on it but it is gorgeous can you eat yeah in absolutely. anywhere in this facility anywhere in the building we have when we have events that we cater you can walk around the building with your you know with your drink including with, red wine including red wine yeah um we've got uh, artists from LA who moved there to be in this building we've got storyboarders from Disney because Des Moines is a lot cheaper than other places in LA um the food there changes I mean we have a lot more liberty um to do anything that we want in that space except when we're catering and then of course we you cater to you yes. and we do whatever yes. you ask us to right. at the cafe um It's important to us that the food is fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, Would I say that we tie the menu in any way to the art? Not really.
0: So the curators, the director of the museum, the people who brought you in to the Des Moines Art Center Mm -hmm. in order to have a cafe Mm -hmm. didn't seem to consider the food experience a way to enhance... The art in some way, Um, other than just feed your belly? I mean, they wanted uh, good food. Yes. I'm I'm not saying that it isn't good. Um,
1: I would say that they... It is important to them that the people who come through the museum and then choose to stay and eat um, is a part of the experience that they wanted to create. Our goal there uh, is to elevate the museum-going experience, Uh, and I'm sure you have been to museums where um, if you decide to get something to eat, it's like a cafeteria, right? You get a tray, you go through a line, you might pick up a prepackaged sandwich or something, or it's just one step above a vending machine.
0: Well, I think that there's a real trend away from that
1: in museums. Yes, and I would say that that is true.
0: But I think that there's also a trend in cafes in museums to reflect what's going on in the museum. So that if you have a a history of the people, the native people of the area, they would want to make sure that you might be able to taste something that reflected that, which actually enhances your experience of whatever you saw in the facility. And that's what I'm asking you about,
1: whether they're kind of there. Um, I don't think that, I would say that that is not something um, that we focus on. We do focus on local. Um, We are fortunate La Quercia uh, is there and we offer their products in the cafe. Um, local breweries. We have a local product. Maytag Dairy Farms mm-hmm. is also there, um, and we're very fortunate because they have a product, a uh, fresh cheese that's only available commercially, and we were one of the first to be able to put that on our menu. Um, I don't know that other than that the Maytag family is very generous <laughs> in supporting the art center. Uh, um, I don't know that we specifically try. To tie any of the food to a specific art. Now, when there is a gallery opening, then we do. Oh, so um, tell me about okay, that. Okay, so we also cater. Uh, I mean, the cafe is open every day, and the menu is set. It's seasonal, mm-hmm. so it changes maybe four or five times a year. But but when but there's don't an the opening, exhibits change four or five times. a well, year? Well, the museum has uh, its regular. Uh, um, like a permanent art. collection. Permanent collection. The uh-huh. museum has a permanent collection, and maybe six times a year, the um, they feature uh, a traveling exhibit. Um, we had queer abstraction before. Um, we had Monument Valley. So before that, the exhibit was um, art by uh, the queer community. By you know by the queer community featuring. Uh, things that were important to the queer community. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a Day of the Dead event coming up. Mm -hmm. um, And that is an event that's open to the whole community and we will tailor our offerings to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a special event. On a day-to-day, our day-to-day operation, our goal is just to support the museum. um, And we've been lucky because... Since we've been in the museum, the foot traffic has noticeably increased Oh, um, and I don't know how other museums do it. The way our contract with uh, the museum works is that they get a percentage of our revenue and they're very happy that so, we're there.
0: So not only are they making money because you're there. Mm-hmm from what you make, yes. but you're also bringing in more visitors, so they're making more money in
1: that way too. Um, yes, they have shared with us that their foot traffic has increased and the Des Moines Art Center is free to everyone. Oh, it, it, so there's no admission? There is no admission fee. You can be a member, and there are perks to being a member, but anybody can come in. Um, and they have also let us know that the traffic through the gift shop Mm. has substantially increased since we've been
0: well that's really wonderful uh, that it says is. something
1: so how long have you been there just a year oh. not even a year
0: and did they have someone before you or did yes. did you invent this no
1: no no um it has been there for a long time and there it, there was someone there before us um and i don't know why it wasn't successful i i I think that I always, you know, I don't, because I don't want to say anything disparaging about um, other people in our profession. Mm -hmm. Um, And you weren't there, and we weren't there. Um, There was a kind of energy that was missing. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that Tangerine does is that we offer a level of service, and I, and I honestly, I think when you're in a museum you should expect an elevated service i mean um you know if you're in a kind of a dive museum there are lots of different kinds of museums Mm -hmm. um well you have the the museum of the american cocktail um at that museum one of the things i loved was just learning about crafting like how the whole cocktail culture um and i guess i wouldn't have wanted to go in and see a bunch of red solo cups (laughs) if you know what I mean I mean Mm -hmm. the the stuff that that is there is reflective of people who really cared about um the cocktail culture and it is a culture um just like you know the arts the cocktail and culinary those are art fields yes yes um so the museum was I think suffering from a lack of um I just don't know. And elevated that what was there didn't match the persona that the museum was trying to cultivate. Um, so there was a disconnect. There was a disconnect. Um, and we've, you know, we're a good match because service is important to us. When the people come through and they've enjoyed themselves, we love that they come in and sit down, and whether they eat or just get a glass of wine, to continue talking about what they've seen. Um, you know, in the courtyard to sit amongst the sculpture with a reflecting pool uh, and the, the trees and the lovely twinkle lights. And I know it probably doesn't sound like much, but it's inviting. And people sit there and talk and reflect. And even if they're not talking about the art, when you're in a museum, um, you know, you're visually, uh, you're digesting what you've seen. And it doesn't always manifest itself in a conversation, um, but it manifests itself in a feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so we love that people will come and sit and just have a continuation of the experience. And of course people come in just to eat and then take off because, you know, you have an hour for lunch and you come in, you grab something and off you go. We have uh, we have those people too.
0: but when you do that you become aware of what's going on in the museum and then when you have more time you may come back. Mm -hmm. So you're bringing people into the museum who might not have come because they wouldn't have had time to just pop their nose into the museum. Mm -hmm. So that probably helps them I think
1: having um, something like a a cafe or a bar in a museum can be, um, can really enhance the museum experience. So, do you have a full liquor license, or yeah. do you? So, you serve cocktails and um, all of that. We don't f- uh, for lunch, but for special events, we do. Okay. So at lunch, uh, people don't like to drink very much during lunch. It makes me very sad. In New <laughs> um, Orleans, that isn't a problem. That <laughs> probably is not. <laughs> uh, yes, when I was in New Orleans, I definitely uh, had some cocktails for lunch, um, but we're. We are just happy that people come in and eat. And I think you're right. Just walking through the museum to get to the cafe, because we're at the back, mm-hmm. um, it's nice. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's not a busy city street. Um, parking is free. <laughs> you can park. Uh, big plus. Um, but I do think that as uh, a, a company that runs uh, a food establishment inside a museum... We have an obligation to support the museum, which we do, and also to enhance the museum-going experience. So do you do um, marketing for tangerine um,
0: in the Des Moines Arts Center separately? Or is it pretty much the Des Moines Arts Center markets itself and simply mentions that
1: there's a café? it's, I would say, a mixture, okay. um, we, uh, because it would be impeding on the largesse of the Art Center for us to um, focus on, because we work in venues all around um, the greater Des Moines area, plus we have our own venue. Right. Um, we focus on the Art Center, at the Art Center, and we, our, our goal, our job there, is to enhance that experience and to promote the Art Center and uh, and we can do that there and coexist honestly many people who were good clients of ours when the art center let it be known that we were there came mm-hmm. to the art center so some you of had
0: them. a following we yeah. had a
1: following anyway so it was uh, it was advantageous for the art center to invite us I think it's really interesting that you are serving food in two
0: totally different environments that are related to the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, one rather restricted mm-hmm. um, for various art reasons, conservation reasons, all of that kind of thing, and the other one a little bit looser, uh-huh. uh, which kind of, I think, is as interesting in terms of what that means to say about art and museums versus other kinds of art Spaces, um,
1: because I do think it makes a different kind of statement. Um, I never thought about that, but that's true. I mean, not that museums are stodgy because they really are not. Um, the Des Moines Art Center uh, does a lot of community outreach and invites a lot of uh, the well, community. Well, the fact in. that it's
0: free oh, means yeah. that it's
1: open to everyone, and to that everyone. that alone is not stodgy. Right. so Yeah. Um, so. Um, I would say that, um, I lost my train of thought, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sorry too, I interrupted you. No, um, uh, but in you were the in other the- facility, mm-hmm. it is kind of like um, the Wild West. I mean, things are changing all the time in, in our um, open spaces. We never know what art's going to be there. Which makes it a little difficult for getting married. And you come in a year before, and you see this lovely space, and then you come back, and I mean, it's full of things. It's full of things that maybe you didn't want. Uh, but uh, to to be vested in that space, you have to accept that that's something that will happen, uh, because you know, art artists, it's a, they're free flowing, and well,
0: and I could imagine that if you were attracted to that as the venue for your wedding, mm-hmm. you were. Kind of prepared for it to be yeah, a little you have unpredictable. Be, yes. yes. Yeah. 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 You have to accept that and that's something that you might have to deal with. Also gives us the difference between the artist and the museum, which is charged with the preservation and the um, protection of the that's art. right. Which is a totally different role. I mean, if it's your art and you're putting it out there, you can say, "Well, you can do anything you want around here. You could mm-hmm. do, you know, sword swallowing and fire breathing and all uh-huh. that sort of thing." Okay. You know, um, and so I, I do think that that's a it's an interesting juxtaposition. Um, at our museum, you can get a drink and walk around the museum mm-hmm. with it, and and you can get a glass of red wine and I'll walk uh-huh. around the museum with it. Um, and we, because we are a museum of food and drink um, and it isn't that we don't think that there's art in what we display, so much of what we display is, um, is not precious. Uh, it's not often one of a kind. And so um we we make the distinction between the artifacts that we have that are fragile mm-hmm. or that are rare and irreplaceable. Those we don't let get into harm's way. But if you have a cast iron pot on display, it's it, you can't you can't get too worried about it because it's been through a lot already. <laughs> That's true, you know. Hang around for a while. And you're probably not likely to hurt it if you touch it or something like that. So we err on the side of letting somebody touch it because if you've never picked up a cast iron pot before, Mm -hmm. you don't know how heavy it actually is. That's right. And you may have read in a journal, oh, you know, somebody's journal from the 19th century that they'd been cooking and that the pot was full of some kind of liquid or a stew or whatever, and it was heavy to lean over the fire and put it into the fire. And thinking about how off-center off you are when you're leaning with something heavy and you're putting it into a fire, you can read about that. But when you actually do it, you have a totally different understanding of what that means. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had historians talk to me about that, especially for children, um, because if all you learn about history is what you read, someone abstractly has read Mm -hmm. about, it doesn't have the same kind of meaning if you're talking about the difficulty or the danger of something or whatever, as actually doing it and even if you do it in a safe way because you're not actually having a fire right. that you're putting it into or whatever it still gives you more of a sense of how exhausting it might be to to cook and have to make your own firewood and go get the firewood and keep it stoked and all of that while you're cooking a stew mm-hmm. not just turn the knob on the stove <laughs> <So> <laughs> for, you know? yes <laughs> wait for the flame to pop up. Right, exactly. Yeah. And um and so the only way you can experience that is to actually touch the artifact. So we kind of have a, a situation about trying to balance the touching and the not touching. And that uh is
1: something that is just I think part of the experience of our museum. Probably every museum has that. I'm trying to think of, what. well, certainly, like the sculpture, I know people climb on those, Right. the kids, Um, and sometimes there are things that they invite you to touch, Mm -hmm. say, please touch, and then, of course, there are other things that you You shouldn't touch, yes. Well, they're
0: irreplaceable. Right, right. And the wear and tear is real, whereas the wear and tear on your cast iron pot is, negligible. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, those are the evaluations you're making constantly. Um, I, I just think um, that the museum is probably very fortunate to have an organization that is so respectful of what they are doing and that your respect for what you're doing
1: and for your your patrons who are coming in—it's an honor. I would say for anybody, it's uh, it's an honor to be invited to uh, go into an establishment that protects and preserves our our artistic heritage. So, when this
0: happened, did you or did the museum think, okay, there's a trial period here that we want to give this a try, or did they? Um, you know have a much um, longer term lease uh, what
1: was well the they did you know they would have been happy if we just signed on for 20 years probably <laughs> um we gave it a uh, we're giving it a trial period to see if it meshes because the bulk of our i mean a cafe that seats that's only open limited hours mm-hmm. that seats 54 um has a limit to the amount of revenue that it can produce Um, whereas our catering company their revenue stream is you know limitless depending on how much we put into it and Um, of course catering
0: is so different because you know you're serving 100 people or 300 people or mm -hmm. whatever and you never know how many people
1: will eat in the cafe on a it could be 21 could be 110. Mm -hmm. Uh, depending on how many times the tapes turn over. and um, so it, it's a different business mm-hmm. uh, for us. And uh, there was a learning curve, I would say. Uh, but I think we have it figured out now. and and so we would invite anybody who's in the greater Des Moines area to stop by the Art Center and have lunch. Yeah, that sounds, it sounds like
0: it would be a really, a really great <coughs> experience. And the Art Center itself seems
1: like it would also it's be a It's a really lovely um, museum. It's the perfect size. You can do it in two or three hours and see everything. And there's something that, literally from everybody, every major artist. Is represented in that museum. It's even I'm surprised sometimes when I walk by and I'm like, "Oh, hey, Matisse! I, I didn't even didn't even know that was here." <laughs>
0: uh-huh. And do you feel that um, there's a, a turnover of, um, of of work where they take things
1: out of storage and replace what's on mm-hmm. the wall with something new? And- um, there are some of the permanent collection um, they they won't. I the, mean, the pieces that are the draw. Um, will always be there. Uh, but they do. They have, I think this is probably true of all museums. They have a huge amount of artwork stored.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that they just uh, well, bring they out. Well, they just a, don't have room to put it all out. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, the older they are,
0: the more they've accumulated. And But that's part of the role of the museum is mm-hmm. to have a place where this can be maintained, even if it can't all be on view at the
1: same yeah. time. So my understanding is that they've warehoused a substantial amount of art. Uh-huh. And they do. We, we walk by, um, you know, we, um, we have to be careful of like the floors and so we have to load in through the loading dock and it's a very restricted area that we can bring product through. Um, walk through and I'm like wait that wasn't there Uh, (laughs) yeah so they do in certain parts of the museum they do change things and do
0: you have any art in the cafe at all no no well I mean mean, the food the reason but I'm just thinking that there could be ceramics or there could be something that would be easily cleaned.
1: Richard Meyer designed the cafe Uh uh, and it's uh, he designed the tables He designed the chairs. Okay, so the cafe is its own piece of art. And he designed a wall that is white. Yeah. Um, And then the rest of it is glass. Right, so you don't really have wall space. um, Like I said, uh, we don't get to decide (laughs) (laughs) what happens there. Uh, So you know the museum is really protective of the fact that Richard Meyer... Um, designed those things, and uh, as far as I know, they're in, they're in no hurry to replace them. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Richard Myers, h- that was his concept when he designed it, and um, it's considered yes, yeah, considered part, part of the yeah. yes, uh-huh. yes. And, uh, and that's an obstacle when you're in a museum. That's right. That's yes. an obstacle. If if you're going to have a business within a museum, that's an obstacle that you will be faced with. Um, the security, um, the insurance restrictions on what you can do if you, you know, open flame, grease, um, and the art. I mean, you can't <laughs> mess with the art. No, you can't. You yeah. cannot mess with the art. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever you do has to be done within the confines and the restrictions of what you do. you still can do a lot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's like haiku.
0: They're serious restrictions, but you can still make art within those
1: restrictions. That's right. That's, it's absolutely like that. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you so very much. No, thank you, Liz. This was great. And um,
0: I want to thank you for listening. This has been Tip of the Tongue on the Nitty Grits Podcast Network of the National Food and Beverage Museum. You can find it at natfab.org. Thanks for listening.